a lot of the times when you're starting out, what happens is that you aren't consistent with these results because you're new to it. And it's like anything, it's gonna, you're going to be prone to variation. And so when you're anchoring so hardly on getting consistent results in your first year of doing something like this, it kind of leads, I think, to a, a bit of a darker place in negative self-evaluation. When in reality, all that I think is really, really necessary for people to do well at this is just being really, really, really consistent with their activity goals, regardless of their results. So by that, I just mean, do your three marketing sessions a week, do your five estimates a week, do that long enough, and you will learn the mechanisms and the, and the tricks that you possess that you don't know how to use yet in the, in the systems, how to get really good at, at getting those results, right? So that's the hardest thing, in my opinion, was be very, very consistent with the activities that you know you need to do on a weekly basis, regardless of whether you went 100% booking or 0%. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hi, leaders. I am really excited about having Austin Trudeau on our podcast again. Um, for listeners of the pod, um, Austin was on last uh, uh, last spring. Um, he was the first operator from the Student Works Management Program that I brought on. And he was setting a goal to run a $300,000 business um, and double his business and talked about what that look like, you know, early, early on in his process. And so here he, he is going to be talking about what happened and then talking about what's next in his life um, as a uh, full-time master student um, at Concordia, running another successful business, leading five other um, businesses and entrepreneurs in the program really amazing conversation. Just, just such a wise young man. And, uh, I know you're going to love what we had to talk about and, uh, um, you know, really again, what I'm up to, what he's up to is developing young, amazing leaders. And so if you know of any leaders, I would love to hear from you. You could send me an email or, uh, at, Chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You could have them go apply to studentworks.com slash apply. You could send them to our podcast link at Leaders of Tomorrow. And, um, and again, um, we're looking for fantastic people to continue doing what we're doing at, um, as, 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 as a game that, that's not going to stop. We're just going to keep doing this. So, um, so thanks so much for tuning in. Have a super fantastic day. So Austin, welcome back to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no. Well, it was really, really exciting. I think you were um, the first operator that I uh, interviewed on the on the pod, right. and and just sort yeah. of saying, hey, why don't we just start interviewing, you know, our operators in the Student Works Management Program and people who are really up to really cool things. And that's exactly who you are. You know, you had this enormous goal. 
I'm going to grow my business from 150,000 to 300,000. So how'd it go? And what did you learn? Well, uh, short answer is it went great. I <laughs> hit my goal. I actually did 343,000. So uh, more than doubled my business from one year to the, the next, which was in and of itself, just a huge accomplishment. Mm. Um, and what I, and, but the long answer to that is like, there's <laughs> probably about 37 things that I could list off that uh, went really well and things that I learned about myself. You know, we say, I think a lot of times when you have, uh, operators on this podcast, they'll, they'll, the common theme is, you know, your business is a reflection of yourself, right? Yes. So the more that you try to grow your business, the more you kind of learn about yourself, right? Yes. So uh, it was a huge year and it was, it was amazing. Yeah. No, well, that's great. Well, why don't we dig a little bit more into that? Cause I think it's, it really is. Uh, it's such, it's so great. Like to me, um, I want to be the biggest tree I can be, you know, it's just the, the, the you know, just contribute the most, uh, grow the most, learn the most. That's what's got me excited and has, has got me excited since I was your age. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, I think by setting those huge goals, it really forces us way out of our comfort zone. Yeah. So, so what sort of, you know, maybe, you know, top two or three things that really made a difference that, 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 that you learned and really uh, has, has you now seen yourself probably in a whole other way than you used mm-hmm. to? Yeah, I think the main thing that I was able to take away from uh, my second year and uh, doing this amount of work and, and doubling my business was that in my first year, I was struggling a lot with trust and enrolling other people at the level of me, right? So when right. I did 150, I did every cent of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was responsible. I, I didn't let anybody else in, even if they were showing what it, what was necessary to take on more responsibility because I was a bit of a control freak. I wanted to make sure I had like, you know, 100% customer satisfaction and, yeah. and all this stuff. And I just didn't trust anybody else to go out and do that with me. You know? Right. And, uh, on, you know what the worst thing about that is, is that when you operate like that, you tend to still do well, right? Mm-hmm. You still tend to get these results. You're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not trusting anybody. I'm not enrolling anybody, but I'm still doing well because I only trust myself and yeah. I can see that I'm getting the results. So it's kind of a vicious circle where you're being like kind of positively reinforced a little bit for mm-hmm. being that way. Right. Yeah. So I knew right away going into my vet year, and we've spoken about this a lot, I needed to be able to let people in and yep. trust them and make sure that, you know, sometimes I'm not going to be there representing my business and yes. it has to be somebody else, you know? Yeah. And that is actually what I realized to just be a huge plus and a huge strength um, when I was able to do that. So, you know, this year I really learned how to let people in and leverage my time. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, we use that big, nice, fancy Excel spreadsheet every year when we sit down with your DM and launch your business and kind of reverse engineer, okay, if you want to do this, here's the approximate amount of time per week. And, you know, when I was trying to do that amount of work, the the approximate time per week, it's just, you need somebody else, right? So (laughs) I knew I needed to do that. And so I I was super lucky to be able to find two really, really solid guys to join my team at the level of managing and and being on the management team. And it was really cool because you kind of see the the impact of being able to operate kind of no longer at the owner level. You're kind yeah. of moving up to the kind of the director level where you're in charge of the people that are in charge and you're you're coaching them on how to be more effective managers. And that's what I really fell in love with this year. Mm-hmm. And so the impact of being able to leverage my time. And just one last thing. Um, I actually got this, uh, somebody named John Morgan, who I'm good friends with, uh, pointed this out to me. And he said, you know, 
the main reason I love running a bigger business compared to maybe what the average business size is with student works is that, you know, if you have two or three crews um, versus if you have six or seven crews, people tend to think, okay, well, if you have twice as many crews, it's, um, it's twice as much work. Three times harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what you'd assume, right? And, and, but the thing is, is it's, first of all, it's not three times harder. No. Uh, you're already there and present and doing the work. And so adding people on, it's, it's, a, it's a marginal increase as you go up. But the most important thing is, is if, you know, if you go, if something happens to one of your crews and you go from two to three crews, you know, you lose out on 33% of your production capacity. If something happens to one of your crews, when you have seven crews, you're missing out on far less. And you're, you're essentially, you're, you're diversifying your liability kind of, you know, and that's really what I realized is that, you know, when having more people, it's not because I'm expecting people to quit or fail or whatever. It's just that you're operating with more people. Therefore, the risk per capita is just so much lower. And I, I, I think, to be quite honest with you, running the bigger business was almost easier in that sense, right? And it was a great learning experience for that. Yeah. Well, you know, for someone who's run a, you know, I started off running, I'm not sure, probably uh, when I was running a gardening business back in the day in high school and university, maybe a, a Ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollar business, and fifty, and then sixty, then a hundred, then you know, yeah. a million, and then you know, mm-hmm. it actually, when you do it well, it gets easier and easier, you know, because you're you're enrolling more people, and so yeah. what you reached your first year, Austin, was what we like to call a ceiling of complexity, and mm-hmm. then hardworking entrepreneurs can punch it up to a certain level, and then they're going to stop. They can't, they can't get yeah. beyond There's only so it. many hours in a day, right? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I can't yeah. scale. I can't scale. So all of mm-hmm. a sudden by scaling, it means I have to enroll other people. I yeah. have to, you know, get off my control freakness um, yeah. <laughs> and say, you know, and I, did, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have that to overcome in my life, but, but some top performers mm-hmm. like you have that. And it's like, oh, wow, I have to, to move forward. And then you yeah. go, wow, look at these two amazing leaders I had in my business. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also what a contribution I'm being for them. Right. Like that's the other thing as well is, is, is that, is that, Hey, I made a huge difference in their lives too, not just my clients' lives. Right. No, you're totally right. Uh, The, the level of, and and it kind of made me rethink, you know, like when I now uh, meet people that also run businesses, right. Like, you know, you've had Adil Jahari on this podcast. He spoke at January training uh, from Rydell Roofing and what I find really interesting is the first year he spoke when I was a rookie, he came in and said, I run a, a I think at the time it was like a five, $6 million business. And I'm like, wow, that is right. insane. Right. And then this, then, then, you know, as we move on to this year, he's now running a $10 million business and people are, I'm looking at the other rookies in the room going, wow, that's insane. But to, to me almost is like, that's probably easier than the $6 million right. business, you yeah. know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, and, and not, I don't mean like easier in the sense that it's, it's not like a bit of a work increase and he has to design it to scale properly, but yeah. it's just thinking that way, you really understand the leverage that you can have when you're growing, if you're built for scale. Right. So that was really just something that I took away from this year. And it's something yeah. I, you know, you can learn and you can hear it, but I think just doing it was like, okay, something clicked. And I now understand if you're going to do it, operate at the maximum capacity and be built for scale. Right. So, yeah, no. And also, also as well, like when, when your business is winning more, you can reward people better. You can manage retention better because you can, you can afford to pay people more. Um, So, so there's, there's another thing that you have as a result of, of, of running a business more quote unquote at scale. 
So, uh, so, so, so I know this year you're not only, you know, running a really, really sizable business on top of it, you're coaching young entrepreneurs as a, what we call a mini district manager in the program. Yeah. On top of it, you're, you're, you're completing your master's degree, Um, you know, so, so anyhow, you're, you're, you know, you're full on with all the things, but what made you want to start coaching entrepreneurs? Well, when I had the opportunity to kind of move into this role this year, um, I, I thought about it. And originally I thought that, you know what, I just, I have no, I, I would rather just run my business and, and I'm currently, um, co-op. So I've, I've actually brought on one of my managers from last year at the co-owner level. So now we each own, uh, 50% of the business. And so my goal is to really have him take this over. And I was like, just wanted to focus on that. And then I right. thought about coaching other people more. And I, I kind of realized that, uh, you know, just two years ago, I was the 21 year old kid that was running his first business and I had a district manager. Right. right. And I was thinking back to the, uh, the first few months of running my business, uh, January to March in 2018. And I was so surprised at the, um, at the level of enrollment that my DM had for me to succeed. Right. right? And I, I was really surprised by this because, you know, we had a 30 minute meeting in person every week. I could call him any time of the day. He'd be helping me out and he'd also be checking in on me like just as much as I'm calling him. Yeah. And I had never experienced somebody be that enrolled in my success that wasn't related to me or in a relationship (laughs) with me. Right. right. And so that was, that was just a really, really, really cool experience because I kind of understood what it was like uh, to, to, well, in that situation to receive coaching and, and, uh, but, but I really wanted to have the opportunity to be that for other people because I valued it so much. Right. Um, and like, you know, Pat, shout out to Pat, uh, yeah. if he's listening, cause that was a huge, uh, starting experience, uh, for me. And I really wanted to be able to, I you know I could see that for Pat too. Like when I was able to succeed in my rookie year, like the level of, um, fulfillment that he had as a coach, it it was really, really cool for him as well. And, and it's not because in that sense, you're being selfish, but it's just because you, if you know, you can do it, you know, you can do it. It, It's about being able to communicate and pass on the, uh, the expertise and the coaching. If you can do that, in my opinion, it's just, you know, operating at the next level. So I really wanted to capitalize on my experience to do that. Um, and just being able to deliver that high degree of value as a coaching consultant, I just think it'll help me, um, be operating at a new level in my career. So that's, you know, my main motivation. behind That's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, through doing this role, you get to really see and work with the best as we all, we always work with all sorts of varying levels of success. What makes the best business owners, the best business owners? I think that if you were to look at the people that do extremely well in operating a business, it doesn't matter if it's in this program or not. Um, it's, it's mainly about, uh, very high degree of consistency Mm. in your activity goals, regardless of your results. Right. Right. So, and I think this is probably the hardest thing. And it was for me, at least when I started out was that when you're starting out, you're just looking for the results that will validate that this is right. This was the right decision for you. So if you're out, if you're doing a ton of estimates and trying to, in, in this industry, right, for, for painting or window cleaning, like we're talking about going into somebody's house and being able to give them an estimate and 
successfully enroll them in us and, and make sure that we can uh, come to an agreement there. And so you're looking for the result of booking the job, or you're looking for the result of getting the lead, or you're looking for the result of uh, operating at a, in, in a profitable way. And so a lot of the times when you're starting out, what happens is that you aren't consistent with these results because you're new to it. And it's right. like anything, it's gonna, you're going to be prone to variation. And so when you're anchoring so hardly on getting consistent results in your first year of doing something like this, it kind of leads, I think, to a, a bit of a darker place and negative self-evaluation. When in reality, all that I think is really, really necessary for people to do well at this is just being really, really, really consistent with their activity goals, regardless yes. of their results. So yes. by that, I just mean, do your three marketing sessions a week, do your five estimates a week. Yeah. Do that long enough and you will learn the mechanisms and the, and the tricks that you possess that you don't know how to use yet in the, in the systems, Yes, how to get really good at, at getting those results, right? So that's the hardest thing in my opinion was be very, very consistent with the activities that you know you need to do on a weekly basis, regardless of whether you went 100% booking or 0% booking, right? And, and, and by the way, like you talk to the best people in this program, they've had those weeks and it's sure. just, it's a matter of just moving past them and not anchoring with that result, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I think is a really, really big difference between the, the people that do well in this program and the people that, um, that kind of get stuck at that step. And just kind of secondly, the ability to upward socially compare without negative self-evaluation. So what I mean by that is kind of just like, there's a tendency for people to look, say like, oh, look at me relative to where other people are, right? Right. And if you're not in the top five, maybe you're saying, wow, I, I, I thought I was going to be there. Therefore, I'm a bit negative. I'm in a bit, a bit of a negative space. I'm not, and then that leads to you not performing as well. I think the people that do really well are able to like upward socially compare like that without the negative self-evaluation. It's yes. more of like, okay, how can I learn from that person? How can I reach out to them? How can I just get what they're doing? Because one of the best things about this program is that me doing really well in Chelsea, Quebec has no impact on an operator doing really well in Etobicoke, Toronto, sure. right? Yeah. And so him calling me or me calling him or, or, or her, like there's us, we can do really well. Both of us are really bad. Like there's no direct impact, right? So I'm not taken away from him. He's not taken away from me. So that system being able to upward socially compare, I think is just a really big virtue. Yeah. And, and both of these things that you've mentioned are so critical yeah. outside of student works. Oh, for and, sure. You yeah. know, so, yeah. so it's, it's like, I have all sorts of friends who are so much more successful than I am. If you look at scale of oh, business, yeah. profit, of EBITDA, all these things. And, and again, I compare myself and take what I can from them to bring back here without any Oh wow, I'm not so good. Like, like yeah. you know, just but release you can totally all that. see how you can you totally see that. how there might be a version of Chris that could do that. You know, well, and it's and, just that, yeah. And you yeah. can see how limiting that is. So, yes, so, of so, course. and what yeah. I'm, and that will always. And my point is, um, is at scale, um, you know, you're always like I don't know, other than the number one business person in the world that day, you're mm -hmm. always going to be able to look up or <laughs> yeah. top five. You're always mm -hmm. going to be able to look up and see all sorts of people who are mm -hmm. massively kicking your butt. Mm -hmm. So, so it's just kind of just separating <laughs> yeah. that out and go, I'm, I'm going to stop doing that to myself. Yeah. And, and, and your lesson is, is really simple. There's just two things that matter. 
Number mm-hmm. one, the actions that I'm taking, mm-hmm. and number two, the the the, the skill sets that I'm developing so that I can take those actions better, mm-hmm. right? Or who I'm being so I can take those actions better. Yeah. So so it's really seeing that is just so powerful. For sure, for sure. And I, I always grew up a very competitive person. So it was yes. actually quite hard for me not to negatively self-evaluate a little bit if I wasn't in that in that area that I considered to be optimal. Yes. And once I learned that, okay, well, when it comes to developing your career and professional skill, it's like there's no point in treating that the same way as losing a hockey game, you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. And, and, and that, that was really uh, breaking it down. That was how I was acting, you know? Right. And it was ridiculous. So, yeah. Being no, I was to make that change. Yeah. I was, I was very similar, n- enormous yeah. poor sport until I figured it out. Hold on. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. lose, you know, yeah. and, and that's okay <laughs> yeah. sometimes, yeah. right? Like, and yeah. it's great to be competitive, like taking yeah. both of those things, taking the, you know, if I'm not feeling a great spot, don't look at the leaderboard. You know, don't, yeah. don't, don't look at, don't look at how I'm being compared to, uh, to other people. Uh, look at contrast and go think about people in other parts of the world who aren't as fortunate or other businesses that aren't as fortunate. And, and, mm-hmm. and so feel, feel secure. So, yeah. so what, um, how has this role developed you into a better leader? How do you think this uh, experience will be helpful to you in your career, in your life? I, I think that it kind of touches a little bit on what I said about my experience with my DM, but um, just the, the idea of being able to uh, have somebody else understand at a fundamental level that I'm as enrolled in them achieving their goals as they are. I'm not just somebody that's like hired uh, by student works to make sure they do well or kind of provide them with a bit of coaching. It's like, no, I, I'm, I'm texting you every day. I'm making right. sure that you're accountable to your actions. I'm making right. sure you're hitting your activity goals. And, and I really, and, and through those actions, I just really, really want to be able to communicate to them, not using like, not using words, but really just with my intentions and how I, what I expect of them and, and how I treat them in terms of what they told me they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, I want to be able to communicate that I'm just as enrolled as they are in hitting their goals and, and, and the level of enrollment that they see me being with them. I really want them to realize that they're not expected to just figure things out or do things alone. And it's really just about having the right conversations and being able to call yourself out when Mm -hmm. you're not in that right space and you do need coaching. Right. Right. And so through doing this, I really want to be able to set up a, um, I guess an environment where my operators feel that they are able to, uh, as soon as they are able to kind of introspect and see themselves in a bit of a place where they're operating at like 80% or 85%, 90% even, Hey, I'm not, I'm not as good as I could be right now. I'm going to give Austin a call. We'll work through it. And I'll just be through this in 10 minutes, you know? Right. And that's really the, the idea where I want to, the, the place I want to get to. Um, and where I think this will be helpful in my life is, um, I really do think that at this stage of my life, I do want to go into coaching and consulting Okay. and being able to, to get to that level with people and being able to establish that rapport and enrollment at a, in a quick manner, I think will, will allow me to kind of operate at that level that will permit me to have a career in that domain. So that's, that's really what I'm looking to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because sort of my feeling is I'm, I'm, you know, first of all, anyone 
always can reach out to me, you know, when I'm coaching yeah, with yeah, them and stuff, yeah. but it's more, I'm more concerned when people are 30%, 40% of, of yeah. who they're, you know, like they're really <laughs> yeah, stuck yeah. because that's, and that's really tough because we all get there sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just really going, yeah, everyone's that way sometimes. Yeah. And, and so what are we going to do when I'm stuck and, yeah. and, and picking up the phone and calling your friend, calling your coach, calling whomever you trust yeah. to actually help get you back to, back to, like you said, home base, you know, yeah. you're nine or 10 out of 10 again, that's really powerful. And just to share a little piece about that, you kind of made me think of this. Um, I actually started out working for another operator as a painter and a production manager, like four or five years ago. Yeah. But if you're listening, I Gabe, remember. You're the, uh, Gabe Milling's the only reason Gabe, I, I'm, I'm sitting Gabe. here. Yeah, exactly. So Share thank you, Gabe. Gabe. Um, and so I remember being on a job site with Gabe and he had like, um, it wasn't necessarily an emergency, but it was just like, he had a very critical question that needed to be answered right away. And he's like, Oh, I'm just going to call Chris. I'm right. like, Chris who? And he's like the CEO or, or the, you know, the, the leader of the company. Right. And I'm like, really? You know, like how (laughs) you can do that, you know, like that, that's just such a cool concept. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like totally do that then totally get that answer right away. And I just kind of realized that. And then I met you a couple, I think maybe a year later and I became an operator and I totally just got it at the level of how open this company is to, you know, if you have a question that you need to answer right away, it's actually encouraged that people call you. Yeah. You're available for that. And that like, there's no, if you're a rookie operator and you need to talk to Chris, like that's, that's acceptable and that's fine. Give him a call. You know, there's no, like you have to go through your DM and then your DM talks to the office and then the office kind of emails Chris. Like there's none of yeah. that. Right. So no, yeah. no, for sure. It, you know, and, it, and, and candidly as well, there, there is, there is one of those things as well, where um, just because there's 200 operators. One of the things yeah. I do my best to, to, to encourage is, Hey, go to the DM, get, the, get supported. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and sort of, sort of, uh, quote unquote, so that I, you know, j- just it's timing, right. It's at yeah. scale. How do you manage it? But definitely I'm accessible. And one of the best practices I have in my business and, and to shout out to all leaders, cause we have lots of leaders from others is I spend it a, a probably 20% of my time every week, just talking to our operators, our top performing operators and, and, and just, just reaching out. And, and, and as a result, like you said, it gives that, that openness uh, that we want in the business. We learn what's going right. We learn with the opportunity to find out opportunities for improvement. And that's something that really, really, I think has, has really made a big difference uh, mm-hmm. in our business over the years. So, course, yeah. Um, and, and what would you tell a young person who wants to jump into entrepreneurship if you had to give them this one piece of advice? Yeah. So I think that this is a great question because, um, when you say the word entrepreneurship, it really is kind of, uh, you know, people use that word a lot these days, I think. And it's a kind of a desirable title to have in a sense, because all it means is that you just create your own opportunity essentially. And that can be done in any domain, right? And so creating an opportunity that you can essentially just make an income off of or a stream of income. So I think that the hardest part about that and being able to do that is that you need to be somebody that, at least in my opinion, is extremely accountable to their word. And a lot of the time, and I actually was talking to you about this a couple of weeks ago, is that I, I was I was for a long time engaging in a debate in my head whether or not this was a healthy behavior to have, but that I'm a lot more accountable to other people than I am to myself. And 
I thought for a long time that was just like something I needed to reverse and fix. And then I realized that a, I think a lot of people actually have that and, and, and it might be bad. It might be good. Uh, but regardless of whether it's good or bad to at least play to those strengths. Right. And by that, I mean, if you know, you're more accountable to other people than you are to yourself, um, create an accountability network, right? Create people that are going to hold you accountable to hitting your activity goals. Um, and so by, then by, uh, by holding accountable, I mean, like I was somebody that if I told myself I needed to do like, just for the sake of making it a relevant example, if I told myself I was going to have to do seven estimates every week until July. And then I did, you know, six, one week, five, the next week, six, the next week. I'm somebody that could just be like, well, that's, that's pretty good. Right. Like that, that's not bad. And that's acceptable, I guess. Right. But I would have a very, very, very hard time telling somebody else who knew I was supposed to do seven estimates that I only did five or six. I would be very, very like, and so the, the difficulty of having that conversation with myself versus other people just wasn't equal at all. And I knew that. Right. And so I, I tried to play to those strengths. Right. And so, um, that's what I did. I, I developed an accountability network with another person in the program and we were kind of similar in that sense. Um, and so we had a very hard time telling each other that we didn't hit our goals and, and that if we, if we came up short and what was really great about that relationship was that we were equally as enrolled in each other's success as we were in our own. And so if, if for example, uh, he didn't hit his goals and I hit mine, it was, it was still a loss, not a loss, but like, it wasn't like, Oh, okay, I'm still good. And he didn't hit it. It's like, no, we didn't hit it. Right. And so that was something that really, really helped me do well in this opportunity with starting my first business. And this was in both years. And this was a game changer for me because I I'm an accountable person. I'm a punctual person, but when it comes to um, operating at like 85, 90% of where I can, I get a little bit too comfortable there. Right. And then that's, and then that's where I kind of see myself being comfortable and liking to stay. And I, and I much prefer being at a hundred of course, but like (laughs) it takes somebody else to be accountable to, to get me there. Yeah. And that's maybe good, maybe bad, but at least I'm aware of it. And I play to that strength. Yeah. You know, in, in Austin, like, gosh, I have really, really high levels of integrity and Mm -hmm. I perform better when there's, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I used to compete at a national level and when there's the coach and there's the team and you're competing, uh, you know, when you're at practice, I would work way harder than if I was, by myself. Of so, course. so, and I bought a Peloton and I work harder with that person, even though they're just, they're yeah. just there. It's yeah. a, you know, it's, it's, it's not even live. It's, but, it's in every I, domain, right? Like yeah. you have a gym partner, you know, yes. You, yes. I used to always be playing, trying way harder, uh, playing sports growing up when I knew people that I cared about came to watch, you know, yeah. like it's the same thing, right? Yeah. It, and, and so you're being accountable to that. And, and the main reason I mentioned entrepreneurship at the beginning is because you're on your own, right? And there's nobody at work that's going to hold you accountable to it. Right. You don't get to go into the office or into the workplace and have other people hold you accountable to it. It's just you, right? Yeah. And so creating that network, I think, is essential. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And just, and like, like you said, getting that structure, we're just so much more successful with structures built around us.
Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So I know, I know coming in, uh, Austin, you had a couple of things that you wanted to, you know, just reflect on and share. Um, you know, it, now it's probably a good time for that. You were, yeah, you were I, talk, and maybe you've already covered it. Or what, 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 um, well, no, I just thought that, uh, I, I wanted to kind of just talk, we, we actually covered a few of them, but I, the yes. one thing I was, I had left to mention here was just that, right. um, there's kind of this thing that happens, or at least that it happened for me with, um, the slippery, I, I called it the, the slippery slope of discipline. And I've talked okay. to this, I've talked to John and Amir about this a lot is, um, there's something to be said about, uh, filling up your calendar and being somebody that's very, very enrolled and busy and man and managing your time at the level of understanding what you need to do on a daily basis to succeed. Right. So, right. Um, I kind of struggled with this because I'm a very, very on the surface, you know, my friends actually call me Google calendar. Like they, they, they always just, <laughs> they're like, Hey, hey Google. Austin. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I'm like, I'm always the guy with my friends that like, you know, I'm the one saying where we need to be, what time. Right. You know, I just got back from a trip to Europe with my friends and they were so tired of me after that trip. Cause I'm like, we need to be at the train station 50 minutes before it's like, you know, all this stuff. I'm, I'm just that guy. Okay. So, <laughs> and they're like, dude, we're on vacation. Okay. Relax. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I I've always been that guy. So my schedule, like if I showed you my schedule right now, it's full, right? right. Like it's, it's full. And right. like you said, I'm doing my, my master's degree, co-owning a business and coaching five other people. It's right. full. Yeah. But the problem with that, or at least for me was that if it's full, that's great. But there's a difference between having a full calendar and then respecting your calendar huh. to the level that you understand things to be equally worthy of your time. So let me just kind of break that down. I have your podcast on my schedule this morning. Right. You like, I, I was, I was, I, I, I like, I, you know, when we talked about this, I started my own podcast. I love, I love this, uh, area that I've, I've started to do a lot of my time to, I enjoy this. And so I'm like, okay, great. I got this podcast on Chris or with Chris on Friday morning. And then I, I, I have, you know, and then, Oh, Oh, and then I have, um, I'm entering all my receipts into Excel from 2019. It's like, okay, right. well, on the surface, one of those is is much more enjoyable than the other, right? right. But, but yes. being able to treat those like they're equally worth my time was something I needed to train myself to do. So, in 20 uh, as of Jan as of January training in uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, okay, I'm just getting up every morning at six. Like it doesn't matter if I have something to do. I'm just going to get up every morning at six because I just get a lot of stuff done in the morning. And I if I'm out of bed at six, I'm I'm not going to be just sitting around. I'm going to be working. Right. So a lot of the time it's like, okay, well, you know, this morning was Friday and I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't really want to have to do that, but it's like, okay, no, like understanding that Monday to Friday out of bed at six is just like, it needs to happen. And right. 
Um, there's actually a guy that does this really well, and he explains the value of this. His name is Jocko Willink, and he's known online for. Um, do you know who I'm talking? about? I know about? who Jocko Willink so is. So he's yes. the guy that, if you know, like he every single morning on Instagram, he posts a photo of his watch 4:30 a.m. and there's like sweat marks on the floor, and he's just like really, really, really uh, accountable to that. But the the second order effect of understanding that your marketing session is just as important as the time that's in your calendar to hang out with your friends is that you do, like cuz both of those things give you different value but you're tending to like enjoy hanging out with your friends a bit more than going to knock on doors but they're both they just need to be equally worth it you know in your calendar but the trickle down effect of that for at least that Jocko made me realize is he was somebody that was you know running a business he's in the he's in the, I think he was a marine or or he was a navy seal yeah navy, navy seal. seal yeah and he's like i i if i didn't listen to my calendar, I would have to make so many more decisions every day, right? right. Like I would just be having, to, Oh, do I do this? Or do I do this? Do yes. I do that? Like what's worth my time? And so it's just like, actually it was nice for him to like reduce the cognitive resources he needed on a daily basis. Right. That was his reason for following a calendar. Right. That there's never a question about what I'm doing because it's right there. And it wasn't right. even, and then it kind of shifts the conversation away from discipline to understanding what's most healthy for your brain in terms of minimizing, if you are a busy person, minimizing the amount of decisions you have to make a day is actually quite nice, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, there's a lot there that you shared. Like I, I love just, and again, you become habituated to following your calendar. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. One of the other things that jumps up for me, Austin is, is, and thus when I put things in my calendar, I really do need to think about it, honor it, be committed to yeah. it. Right. And, and, um, and I would say, you know, both of those things, hanging out with my friends is really important. Canvassing is really important. Both are really important because like you said, they get both different things and that we could minimize either at different points and both. No, no, let's, let's, let's find the full value of both. Um, and, uh, and, and one of the, the biggest things always is, is I think so often as humans, we're working, we want to be playing. Then when we're, we're, we're playing or when we're at home, we want to be at work, you know? So, so it's just no, be where you're at, be a hundred percent focused yeah. and just, you're just totally go right. and, 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 and really commit it. And that yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah. It, it is really something that allows you to kind of flip the script on yourself and understand that it's it's not it's not obvious, right? Because growing up, you kind of like you know you're waiting for the school day to end, or you're yeah. waiting for something that you don't enjoy to end, and then you get to do something you enjoy. You know, yeah. and that's kind of the way that that it what it is. And and if you can kind of just say, okay, well, no, everything's kind of equally worth my time because that's my life. Um, yeah. it, I, I need that balance. And and yeah, I think you said it. You, you kind of sum that up perfectly. So yeah. that's what I just kind of called uh, Amir, John, and I kind of just labeled that like the slippery slope of discipline because is it discipline or is it just understanding the value, right? Because if you understand the value and having it all equal, it, it's not really discipline anymore. Right. You know, it's just you understand it. Like you understand other things in your life that are just, that you just get. Um, well, and, and, and for me, um, you know, again, a lot of times people see discipline where I see habit. So yeah. Jocko Willink. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, you know, there's a habit, you know, I have a habit of working out regularly. And so I'm not Jocko Willink, uh, but, but yeah. that's a habit that I've put into my life and my body um, yearns for it, needs it, wants it. 
I build it into my calendar and I'm going to go make that habit. So, so it's mm-hmm. a powerful habit that serves me. So, 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 but I think from the outside, a lot of times it looks like, oh, that person's really disciplined. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, they've got, they've got habits that serve it. And then, and then also maybe they've got a cause to say, Hey, this is what I want my life to be about. So I've got to follow my calendar. I, I've got, you know, and I put things that were really intelligent in my calendar. So yeah. let's follow my calendar. And discipline kind of has this negative connotation to yes. it. It kind of sounds like that you're, uh, it kind of sounds like you're, you're inhibiting an impulse mm-hmm. or something that you're like, yeah. Oh, I, I, you want to not be doing it or doing something else. Uh, like that, that's the perfect way to describe it is that it's just a habit and you enjoy it just as much as anything else. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's no, that's that's great, and and uh, and so 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 Austin, my final question: When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? I think of somebody. Um, when we're talking about the leader of tomorrow, meaning that you have the capacity, and the way I would kind of define that is somebody that has the capacity to take on or lead people in any way, shape, or form. And a common theme on this podcast is in the framework of business, right? Yes. How can you be a leader in a business? Well, I think that if you can be a leader in business, you can be a leader in your relationships. You can be a leader um, with your family. You can be a leader uh, with your hobbies or with the sport team. Like it's just, it's a, such a a malleable and versatile skill to Mm -hmm. have in your toolbox. And when I think of somebody that's able to be a leader, it's somebody that, um, without necessarily just saying the words, can easily communicate to people that they are uh, operating at a high level of integrity with a lot of empathy and understanding that somebody else on their team hitting their goals is equally, it's not like more or less, it's just equally important for them to hit their goals as it is for you to hit yours. Yeah. And one of the nice things that I was able to do last year, I kind of changed up the way I was interviewing people to join my team. And uh, I would ask them questions to kind of try to pick apart what was motivating them to want to work with me. Right. And I wasn't really looking at like what they were studying in school or what they were, what, what, how old they were or whatever. It's just that a lot of people between the ages of 18 to 22, which is kind of where we tend to hire, uh, they are motivated by something. And as long as it's something that motivates them internally, that's really who I want on my team. I don't want somebody that's just trying to like get a, you know, go on a bit of a trip with their friends or just, you know, work because their parents want them to work or whatever. It's like, no, I, I want to be able to pay my tuition. I have to pay my tuition. And, you know, the people that sit down to interview with me that told me I want to help out my parents. It's like, okay, well, these are the people that you're going to want on your team. They're just enrolled at another level. Right. And so when it comes to, being a leader with those people, I, I, I then follow, once I identified this skill or this motivation, I, I then told them, you know, just so you know, um, and, and sorry, the interview would end and then I'd call them to inform that, that they got the position and and the, the phone call was something along the lines of, you know, I, you know, I really want to offer you this position, but I want you to fundamentally understand that if you join this team, uh, it, you know, I, I told you what my goals are. Uh, and, and I want you to now tell me what your goals are, because if you're going to be on my team, I'm going to make sure you hit your goals. And so right. my goal, I would tell everybody in there and I wouldn't use the word 300 K because to somebody that's just joined, like they don't necessarily understand know what, what it means. means. Yeah. It's like, I want to paint a hundred houses this year. That's right. what I told them. And okay. Like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, and so I told you, I want to paint a hundred houses this year. Right. And now 
that's my goal. And you're going to be enrolled in that goal with me. And right. now I want you to tell me three of your goals that I can help you hit. Right. And awesome. so, and so what are those three goals? Okay. You want to go to the gym four times a week still right. Right, in the summer. You want to spend more time with your sister. You want yeah. to, yeah. like, it just, it just doesn't matter what they were. And, and I'd make sure that I had this criteria for everybody on my team and that I would do everything in my power to make sure that they hit their goals. Because at the end of the summer, the value that I'm able to give them should equal the value that I get back in my business in terms of what, whatever it is, whether it's learning or me as a person, whether it's profit, that's the kind of skill that I see a leader having where they just get that it's an exchange and it's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a hierarchy. It's not a condescension. It's not anything. It's just, yeah. there's an exchange of value going on and it needs to be equal. And mm-hmm. that's really who I see the leader of tomorrow being. Oh, that's, that's, that's I, I love that. And, and it's, it's kind of playing a whole other uh, level, right? So, so often I think uh, business is seen, okay, just making profit, right? No, yeah. no, it's, yeah. and, 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 you know, to me, it's like taking the skill sets, the habits, the disciplines, the mindsets, and mm-hmm. putting it in my entire life. Like there is yeah. no, you know, your, I know your Google, Hey Google, I'll start calling yeah. you Google too. <laughs> you know, I won't, but anyhow, you know, yeah, your, yeah. your, your Google calendar is 24 hours, seven yeah. days a week, 365. And yeah. so it's, we're fitting in, you know, date night, time with the family, time at the gym, my business commitments, my school commitments, my, all these things. And so all of it reflects all of it, right? Like we're, 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 we're not just, Oh, I'm, I'm a businessman now. That's what I'm doing. You know, no, we're, we are this whole person. And by looking at our life in this whole way um, and leadership in that whole way, it really is so much more powerful. So I just yeah. love that. Yeah. And I think that what was really cool that I was able to kind of hear in their voice when I was telling them this was they had never really in, in a, in a, in a job opportunity before they had never really been told that for sure. And what's even, what's even more kind of upsetting in my opinion is that it's kind of, it's, it's also possibly likely that they won't hear it again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And, and it's, and it's kind of, and I'm not trying to say that what I'm doing is the only way to do things. Nope. It's just that that really ended up working for me. And I, I was really happy that uh, people were able to get something out like other than their biweekly paycheck, they were able to get something out of working with me, you know? And and if you look at world-class organizations, world-class leaders, people who are quote unquote, really up to something, their teams are really up to that with them or it wouldn't happen. Right. And so, so like you said, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's an exchange. They're super excited. They're super excited. They're winning. These causes are moving forward. The the, the changes are Mm -hmm. happening. Yes. Profit may be generated, but other things are occurring, you know, uh, for their customers, for their staff. And, and it's a, it's a complete ecosystem, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so, and you're right. I think so often most companies are just simply, I need people to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and 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 yeah, especially in contract work Mm -hmm. is especially like, you know, I'm competing against general contractors or painting contractors that literally operate on that basis. I need you to paint the house. I need you to paint the wall. I need like, (laughs) I just need you to spread paint on the wall. My friend, like I just need you to do that for me. Yeah. And what happens is that, uh, they end up maybe having a higher degree of turnover and, and without even knowing it, they're, they're, they are the cause of what they would, they would be blaming, uh, poor motivation. I can't find any good employees. I, I can't, you know, it, 
It's exactly. like, no, you need to create the good employee, you know, and, and, and the, and the team member. That's what I always like to say is I always try to say team member and, yeah. and working with me instead of for me, because it just kind of, those words kind of imply hierarchy and, and not necessarily condescension, but it implies that what I'm doing is greater than what they're doing. It's like, no, I couldn't operate without you. You couldn't operate without me. So what's the point in saying that I'm worth more? Like it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, and it's, we're a team. We're yeah, a team. Yeah, exactly. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. See, yeah. Seeing that value. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's awesome. Um, I, I, you know, I loved, I loved our, our, uh, our conversation and just as a funny yeah. aside, I, I picked up my phone and, and, and okay, Google had popped up you know, asking <laughs> me about, you know, so, so anyhow, um, so, so Austin, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, continued success. I know you're taking on so much uh, this this next term. You know, mm-hmm. uh, get your rest, and uh, yeah. and I'm excited about what you can create. Cheers! Thank you so much for having me on again, Chris. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. Hey, leaders! I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.